Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Lucy Weston. Thank you for joining me on the Here We Are talk show, an interactive part of the HereWeAreWithLucy.com family. The basis of our mission is to inspire you, support your personal growth, and make your busy life better, brighter, and easier. If you're interested in living well and saving time, I invite you to come by and subscribe. You'll be alerted to new content. It's free, and your information is never sold or shared. Plus, we know you're busy and prefer quality to quantity, so we don't bug you with constant updates. If you enjoy or learn from the Here We Are guests, please like it on Facebook. You can tweet it or share it with someone who can benefit from a particular show. I do appreciate each and every click, so I thank you in advance. It is Thursday, April 26, 2012, and my guest is longtime yoga practitioner and instructor Kim Elner. Today's talk is Yoga for Fitness, Health, Focus, and More. So whether you are new to yoga, curious about it, you dabble in it, or you practice regularly, Kim has a lot to share with you. And I do believe that when you hear about Kim, some of you may recognize yourself in her own experience. Eleven years ago, she found herself depressed, she was physically weak, suffering with constant low back pain, and overwhelmed with running a home during a major construction. Her husband was a workaholic, and she had two small children. To top all of that off, she just moved to a new state and did not have even a single friend in the area. Well, one day, she attended her first yoga class and immediately knew that she had found the path to better physical and emotional health and a more happy, balanced life and also relief from her back pain. Besides immersing herself in the practice of yoga, she began studying it and cultivating a yogic lifestyle for her family. And through these efforts, today she is healthy, pain-free, and more joyous than ever. Her transformation changed the lives of her family. In fact, her husband is now an avid meditator. Her children appreciate a healthy and balanced lifestyle, and they even refuse fast food on their own. So yoga definitely worked for her and her family. You can find out more about Kim or contact her at www www.yogawestnj.com. That's yogawestnj.com. And listeners, we have a lot to cover, so I won't be taking calls during the show. But before we get rolling, I do have to remind the audience that the claims made about specific procedures on or through the show and or website are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. The reviews and opinions provided on the show are for informational purposes only and are not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. So please consult with a healthcare professional before engaging in any physical activity. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, welcome, Kim. Obviously, you know a lot about the benefits of yoga. So thank you for being here to share it with the Here We Are listeners. Hi, Lucy. I'm so delighted to speak with you today. 
Yoga has been such an important part of my life that I'm always so glad when I can share my experiences with others. And I think there's something about yoga that everybody, when you do get into it, you realize it's sort of communal in that in that way, don't you think? I do. There's a sense of camaraderie in every yoga class, and it's very supportive. It's um, It does become a community, and your friends begin to grow from that, and um, you feel like you're a part of something, which is really lovely. Now, Kim, let's start off this conversation. I want to hear specifically, I mean, we, you know, I just told the listeners about you, and, and thank mm-hmm. you for being so honest and sharing with me before the show so that I could uh, tell our listeners about you, about your experience and how you came to yoga. And, you know, I want to hear how you've taken all that and what is your teaching approach to yoga? Well, my teaching approach is pretty much twofold. The first part is is that I really believe that yoga is accessible to everyone. And the second part um, is that yoga is about postures, meditation, nourishment, and study, and that it's each of those components equally that are vital in cultivating and maintaining like a happy life, a joyful life, a peaceful life. Now, okay, let me stop you there. You just okay. named four things. You said postures, mm-hmm. meditation, nutrition, and study. Is that, was that the fourth one? Correct. Okay, so all right, let's talk about, um, let's break that down a little bit. Okay. There are many types of yoga, as we know, and uh, I would say that postures probably work differently in different types, and a lot of the listeners may never have had any experience with yoga. Mm -hmm. So could you take us through a few of the more popular types, and in terms of... um, just give us an idea, like if I if I was a new person looking at a class list, it could be very overwhelming. You know, mm-hmm. they, they have all these crazy names and you're like, I don't know which one and what if I go and I can't do the moves and I'm going to be embarrassed. Uh, and let's also talk about hot yoga in, in those terms too. So tell us more about it so we could have a, an idea of what to look for and how to start. Okay, well, first thing is there are many forms of yoga. Um, the more popular or more common ones are Krupalu, Ashtanga, Iyengar, and Power Yoga, and I'll briefly give you an overview on each. Kripal Yoga, which I'm certified in, focuses on coordinating your breath with movement and longer holding time, so the postures. Ashtanga is a very vigorous practice, and it's a set series of postures. Iyengar, which I've studied myself a lot, is based on alignment, and it's a yoga style where it tailors each of the yoga postures to fit the particular needs of the yoga practitioner. And power yoga um, is very fast-paced, and it may or may not be done with heat. So, um, And you had talked about descriptions. So generally, wherever you go, a studio will have a generalized description of each of the types, and you should feel free to always talk to the person at the front desk and get more detail on what that means in the classroom. But you should also... Trust yourself. Know if you're a fast-paced person, if you'd like something more com- that's moving at a quicker pace or you need to relax a little more, maybe you want something more gentle. And if you really don't know what to do, just take the basic class. Get yourself in there and get familiar with the postures, and you can always change it up, right? Nothing set in stone. And, right, and most places do offer a beginner class. Yes. Not everybody comes to this knowing what to do. Exactly. Everybody has started somewhere, and they they know that in the studios. 
And I think for listeners who haven't tried it, um, you know, I'm no expert in yoga, but I do practice regularly, and I like it a lot, and I enjoy it. And what I have noticed as I've grown in my practice is that even if you're in a class and, and everyone's moving to the right Someone will always kind of point you like, no, no, you got to go that. If you're going in the wrong direction, everyone's very generous because everyone has been in that position of like, wait, where is my right foot? What am I doing? You know, that kind of thing. Do you find that in your classes with your students? Absolutely. Lucy, everyone is has started somewhere and they are at a certain spot in their own journey. And that's inherent in the idea of, of living a yogic lifestyle is that people are genuinely happy for your own successes, they are challenges, <laughs> and um, they encourage you to move forward. And um, that—that's what you want, right? Because now everyone let's, is let's, starting it in place. Go ahead. Uh, thank you for that. Let me just go back to the hot yoga because I—I I have okay. when I speak about yoga, people people go, "Oh, did you ever do it with the hot? Where well, you sweat and it's like a hundred degrees?" I have never done it. Have you done it? And is that something? I mean, I don't necessarily think that's probably something for a beginner, but what is that experience if you've done it? Could you share it with us? Sure. Yeah, I've done a lot of hot yoga. I've done many different kinds of yoga, more than I even mentioned. And hot yoga is very popular now. Um, what my feeling is that every form of yoga has its place, um, and some people love the heat. It opens up their joints. They feel like they can move more loosely. They can go into a deeper place. Other people feel as if they may get a little dizzy from the heat, maybe even nauseous. So I always go back to the idea that you really need to check in with how you feel. And um, that's the most important thing in selecting any kind of yoga style or temperature in the room, is that you feel good about it. Um, and if it's feeling uncomfortable, then it's just not for you. And that's also a big um, yoga philosophy is that it's okay to walk away from something if it's not for you. You always need to trust yourself. Now, that's a great segue into talking about specifically the fitness aspect of yoga and what it can offer you. Um, and I, I actually have a friend who recently said to me, and when she hears the show, she's going to know I'm quoting her, um, she said, I'm not flexible enough to do yoga. And I believe that a lot of people will probably believe that. And, you know, we sit at desks, we don't, maybe you're not moving around a lot, and you think, oh, I have to be able to put my, my leg over the back of my neck. That's not necessarily true. So what, what do you say to people who would say that to you? I'm not flexible enough. I, Lucy, I hear that all the time also. Um, I always say to them, look, a positive outlook is much more important than your flexibility. I guarantee that anyone who begins a consistent yoga practice will become more flexible over time. Um, but they need to remember that the ultimate benefit of yoga is living a balanced, healthy lifestyle. It isn't worrying about the things that you can't do when you show up for your first set of classes. You will, you will become stronger. You will become more flexible. And um, no one's looking around the room to compare. That's a very good point because when you are on the mat, you're really concentrating on holding your balance or whatever it is, the movement or the breath. You really don't have time to look around and uh, and, and pay attention. You know, it's it's one of those things that uh, you really – it is a very um, – help me here. What's the word? Uh, uh, There's that inward the, focus. Yes, inward thank you. That is it. The, the, you're very, it's concentration on your own stuff and, and what you're doing, and you're in the moment. Uh, or age and weight an issue – I'm sure there are listeners thinking, oh, I'm too old to start or I need to lose 50 pounds first. What do you say to those people? 
Um, it's kind of what we already just talked about is that no one is alike and everyone started somewhere. And in any quality yoga class, there is always an environment of camaraderie. Everybody supports each other. And um, they're happy to move wherever you are on the journey along with you. I know for me and my own teaching style, it's very personalized where I get to know each person's strengths and challenges, and so I meet them where they are. And that's really what you want is someone to see you and help guide you along your own journey. You're not living somebody else's path. You're living your own path. And we've all had maybe injuries or surgeries or various things that have happened throughout our life that impact us physically. And it's nice to be seen and have somebody help move you through to that next phase of your life on a physical level. And then when the physical opens, the spiritual, the meditation also falls into place. That's a very good point, Kim. And I think uh, whether it's you as the teacher or whomever they, they you, you seek out as the student, it's it's important to try a lot of different teachers, so to speak, basically audition them till you find the one that you make a connection with. I absolutely agree. I think there is a yoga style and a yoga teacher for everyone. And if you've tried a class and it didn't speak to you per se, um, don't give up. You know, if the style speaks to you but the teacher doesn't or the teacher does and the style doesn't, there's always ways to adjust or shift um, and to do what's right for you. Again, it's going back to trusting that inner voice, knowing what's right for you. So now, uh, and, and again, what you had said earlier, you said it was access- you you like to make your your teaching style accessible to everyone. Mm -hmm. And I think that everyone should be sort of thinking, like finding the right teacher that has that approach so you can fit yourself into a class or in with a certain instructor that you'll get the benefits from, that you're not trying, you know, you're not reaching beyond your ability at at that particular level. I agree. I mean, it's it's good to be with somebody who is also going to firmly and lovingly push you a bit. They can see some, other people can sometimes see Um, our capabilities more than we can ourselves. And so um, having a teacher who can guide you um, with that firm, loving um, push is also very rewarding. You know, you start to say, wow, look at the things I can do. And you you really already have those capabilities inside, but sometimes you just need someone else to step back and help you see yourself. So there's a mutual trust involved. Exactly. So regarding uh, health and wellness benefits, and, you know, this has been, it's an ancient practice and people, you know, practice yoga from for decades and decades. And uh, how can yoga improve your overall health in terms of balance, the breathing, strength, et cetera? Hmm. Well, it's going to improve the overall health because it's a lifestyle choice. And going back to what I had said earlier, um, there's the physical aspects, which are actually the yoga postures that you're doing on the mat, which will definitely make you stronger and more flexible. And then added to that is meditation, which quiets the mind and in order to help you increase your concentration. There's nourishment, where you're fueling your body with healthy and tasty foods. And finally, there's spiritual study, um, where whatever speaks to your heart, reading, it's kind of like food for the mind. And when you bring those four components together, it's a very balanced, healthy lifestyle. And um, All right, so let's, let's drill down on that. 
when we when you talk about balance and and we, you know balance is a big term right now in, in our society because everybody's juggling so many things and we're all so busy and you know that's sort of how this show even came about uh when you're let's talk about the physical aspect of balance and why it's so important especially as you age and you know and how how does it how does yoga give me a a, a real basic primer on how yoga will help your balance physical balance um well Balance alone. <laughs> First, you know, there are a lot of postures that are actually balancing, which there have been lots of studies about. As you age, um, people just actually get more wobbly. They're not as sure on their joints, their ankles, their knees, their hips, and they may tend to slip. And then usually that um, broken hip is, is can lead to a downfall for many people. So yoga alone um, can physically strengthen the muscles, ligaments around your joints and keep you upright um, and um, and moving in a healthy, balanced way. It also improves the efficiency of the systems of the body. So I'm talking about the circulatory system, the respiratory, elimination, digestion, lymphatic, the immune system. Um, a lot of the poses are tailored at this very deep cellular level where it keeps these um, systems of the body working efficiently. So you may not see from the outside what's happening, but you're certainly maintaining a level of health. And, of course, as we age, we want those systems to work um, consistently, um, you know, and uh, throughout our life. And as we have to add on environmental toxins or medications, we want our system to be able to adjust to that. And so when you have a, quote, flexible systems in your body, they can adapt in a much different way. It feeds the brain. A lot of the um, postures um, are balancing the hemispheres by coming across the center line, which is a lot of games that we do with young children to quiet their minds and balance the right left side of their hemisphere and, and play that teachers learn. A lot of that happens in yoga, but we don't really um, necessarily verbalize that. And so keeping the mind active, right, keeping it um, flared up and thinking is very healthy for long-term health. Um, that was wonderful, I go Kim. On? Thank you. <laughs> well, actually, I, I'm glad that I drilled down because, it, it, you know, every like I said, we talk about balance in, in the regular life, but when you really talk about the physical balance, and I love how you elaborated on, you know, all of the benefits of not only the balance but the the, the internal aspects of what yoga can do for you to to be more physically fit and healthy and 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 live a better you know daily life is as you get older things start to slow down so this is sort of like jump starting or at least keeping uh keeping things moving where they should be going mm-hmm. while you're kind of aging against the clock would you agree uh completely and breathing too. I think breathing, and you know, how many women do we do you meet? Or, and I know I am a, you know, I do this. I sometimes I'm talking away or I'm doing something. I'm not breathing, not breathing properly, yeah, because I'm rushing. And and I think that the when you do uh, engage in in practicing yoga, it does start to make you very aware of your breath, moment to moment, when you're not even in class. Yeah, breath. Taking a full deep breath can completely shift the mental aspect of a situation. Um, And learning that skill in a yoga class transfers completely to our everyday life. We live such busy lives between all the technology stuff that we carry with us and the rate of information that's coming in. 
um, and the rate of what we're expected to do, I think breathing has become even more important because it opens up a few moments, a space, if you will. And then when you're in that space, then you can really check in to yourself and say, okay, what do I need to do? What's important? What, what are my priorities? What, you know, you can assess in a clearer way. It opens up a channel, I think. Yes, you, exactly. You just now let's and, and let's bring that to focus. And you've mentioned focus and meditation a couple times. Let's really talk about what is it. You know, I think everybody's again, like you said, running around. We're all doing these things. Everyone's on their their handhelds. And what is it? And I think we're forgetting it as a society. And how does yoga help us get it back? And and how is it different from meditation, or is it different from meditation? Um, well, focus is is when you're consciously directing your body and your mind towards an intention. So when you are actually on your yoga mat and you've been trying a pose like warrior two, you are consciously directing your body into that pose. And then while you're in that pose, if you're holding it, or for whatever amount of time you're holding it, then you check in with the mind and the breath, and you're focusing on just that moment and just being present. Moving into meditation, focus is like a part of meditation. Meditation is broader. Um, it's about fully being in the moment, and meditation is about developing the ability to um, closely observe what's occurring in your mind without reacting or judging to it. It's kind of as if like a witness consciousness where you've stepped away and because you've stepped away from the actions of the mind, you can see that your thoughts are just fleeting. They come and they go. You know, for example, someone cuts you off when you're driving, and sometimes our first reaction is to get angry with that. When you are become an avid meditator, you realize, okay, that person has done something. I have a choice. I don't need to react, a knee-jerk reaction with anger. I, I'll breathe in, breathe out. He's, he or she is obviously in a hurry, and that wasn't kind, but I will move through my day. And So you begin to look through different eyes when you have that meditation, when you have that ability to expand your inner awareness. I'm not no, sure if okay. that's clear. Uh, it is clear, and I, I, I want to bring that over to something uh, called, called surrender. And in terms of, uh, I write a lot about um, this on the blog and my Live Your Life Out Loud series about taking time for yourself and or you know seizing time, but also what it all means, except that if you're not well yourself, you can't take care of everyone else, like women try to take care of everybody. So mm-hmm. let's talk about how focus and the meditation and even the, the physical aspects of all this work towards helping busy women surrender and this could be a form of the me time and take place you know and take the place of maybe a hot bath or something because it's it is like i mentioned earlier just you and yourself on the mat mhm um yes yeah, surrender is you know anything you can do i think that allows you some space to find that authentic voice when you kind of drop the roles of of wife, of sister, of a certain profession, and you can just be. And you're right, that can happen in a nice, warm, bubbly bath, can happen when you're gardening, can happen on your mat. It's that place where you carve out for yourself something that's meaningful to you. And um, you can reside in that space, and it nurtures you. And um, even though those moments can be, in terms of quantity, very short, maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes, if the quality of that time is so immersive to you, then it's expansive and it's really rejuvenating. And 
Um, everyone needs that, and that's that is um, almost a form of meditation. It is a form of meditation. There are many forms of meditation. There's walking. There's people who meditate when they're cooking. So it is a meditative quality where you can just check out, slow down, surrender, and have that me time. And I think there is something about being in a class where you're not in your house doing it, there's no laundry going, there's no mm. kids in the background, there's no, you know, the doorbell's not ringing. You are at the class, it's just you and the teacher and the other students in the mat, and it, you have to you have to surrender over to it. And it doesn't mean that you're, uh, you know, you're going to not do all those other things when you get home, but it is your time. It's definitely your time. You know, entering into yoga class is, you know, a lot of studios use this term of sacred space. And it might sound a little hokey from the outside, but when you become a yoga practitioner, you completely understand that idea. It's as if you enter the building, the room, the studio, and you just go, ha. And there is a moment, I think, in a lot of classes where everybody kind of looks at each other and smiles and it's like, all right, we all made it here, and it's wonderful, and there is that camaraderie again. Now, we've been talking somewhat, you know, we we haven't talked about specific poses, and that's okay because I think everybody pretty much knows what we're, we're discussing. But let's talk about the fact that a lot of the poses, especially in the beginner to intermediate uh, level, are pretty simple for the most part. It's about working at your own pace and versus like doing uh, some kind of other fitness like a Zumba or figure skating or, you know, where it takes a lot of other types of coordination. Would you agree that they're fairly simple? I do. I mean, you know, there's mountain pose, which is a very basic pose, which is basically standing on your feet with your body straight. Um if you're an earnest yoga practitioner, you could do that pose a thousand times and you will always get something out of it because every moment that you do it is different. Every day is different. What is happening in the body is different. And so um, when you have these very simple movements, you can actually give yourself a chance to slow down and be in them. You don't need to think about the complexities of trying to further something. Sometimes the mind can get lost in the intellectual aspect. If you know what you're doing, then you have a chance to reside in it. And it's quite lovely to just be and feel the body. And let the body do the work for you without having to worry about like, oh, my, you know, uh, am I staying up on my ice skates or am I moving, you know, too quick with the music, with it, whatever it is. That's, that is the beauty of yoga, that it is that fairly simple. Exactly. You know, it's not, yoga is not a command performance. It comes from within. It comes from the soul. And um, we rarely get a chance in the world that we live in to do to be in a place like that and to enjoy the pleasure and strength and flexibility of our body just for the joy of doing it. So now, uh, and, you know, we, we've talked about all this, so much about it, but if someone is going to start, mm-hmm. what are the three things that they should buy, and without investing a lot of money, because maybe they're not sure, what are three things you absolutely must buy? Because if you do go to some yoga sites, it is kind of overwhelming with all of the gear and the, you know, what, what, what do you need? Three basic things to start without spending a lot of money to show up at a class. Um, well, one is mat. You know, okay. there are plenty of times um, you can borrow mats. I happen to feel that it's nice to have your own space. And that even though you're moving into a yoga studio, that's larger sacred space, and then your mat is your own personal sacred space. Um, you know, you can either do comfortable clothing. I don't think you have to invest in specific yoga wear, but you do need to be something that you're comfortable in, you know, and um, 
that you feel like you can stretch. And so nothing like too baggy. And if you don't want something too tight, that's also. If you want to go the other route in terms of props, um, a blocks are always great, although most studios have those, and um, and ties because um, props are really wonderful. They help you um, move into a pose in an easy way. It helps you transition from where you are to where you're going. And um, I really heavily believe in them. And there also, if you have your own, then you can begin your own home practice, which I really do feel is important, that if it's only a few minutes a day, that you begin to develop a sense of what feels right for you in your own particular body. And then pick up and bring home those poses. And then you have your props with you to do it. Now, thank you for that, Kim. And, and I do think that the point is that you don't have to spend a lot of money to get started. You know, you could buy a reasonably priced mat, like you said, a couple of the, the props, either the blocks. And for those who don't know, blocks are just uh, these, literally what they sound like. They're blocks that, you are you know, you can use to support yourself if maybe you can't touch the ground. Or And Kim mentioned straps, which are also things that help you maybe lift your leg. Or And they're very, you know, they're lightweight and they're easy to transport to and from class. And it's a good way to get going. Um now, uh, just for anyone who's living, listening live, we're going to continue beyond the stream time because I, there are some other items I want to cover with Kim. And thank you for listening, and you can always uh, hear us on the download. So the show will probably go a couple minutes long. Um, Kim, all right, now we talked about the shopping. We talked about the simplicity, the surrender. In uh, all of the terms of, of approaching yoga from the teaching aspect to living it, uh, you're a very busy woman, and I like to ask each here we are guest to share their approach to time so that you know things that matter to you are well done, like your family, your work, and your own meantime. How do you do it? What's your approach? And and I think we understand from the yoga aspect, but how do you do it? How are you juggling it all? Because 11 years ago, obviously all that stuff propelled you to this new path. So how how is it different now, and what do you do? Well, you know... I have always had these massive to-do lists, and I would look at them and be like, just completely overwhelmed by that. Uh, and there's only a certain number of hours in the day. And um, when I finally started to accept the idea that there are only a certain number of hours in the day, it actually began to be easier to prioritize my time. I, I, and um, I know that doesn't always work smoothly. Things happen. My schedule changes, and I have to readjust. Um, but it became clear, and through yoga it really became clear, um, on what I must have time for, what I'd like to have time for, and really what's not all that important. Um, and then through yoga I was able to breathe into the discomfort of not being a Wonder Woman, of getting okay with saying no or um, just not doing all the things I thought I should do and um, yoga helped me be fully present for the things that I did choose to do instead of thinking, being in one and thinking, oh, no, I need to do items two and three on my to-do list also. I wasn't necessarily in item one because I was so focused on what else I had to do. Um, and, you know, it changes. I, just accepting the fact that I am doing the best that I can makes a big difference. And... Um, some days the plan works and, and some days it doesn't, but the ability to um, be okay with that, to breathe through it, the discomfort of saying, okay, these are the, the things that I really must do today, and then including one thing that I'd really like to do, 
um, has been, you know, great for me. You know, and, and life changes, right? Our house became finished. My husband started spending, you know, seeing what I was doing and I brought him in. So nothing is ever set in stone. We think that right now this moment will never change and things change. Um, and there's That's always good. hope in that. Yeah, that's very good advice, and I like what you said about uh, saying no and also letting go of what you should do. I actually did a a radio show called Give Your Shoulders a Rest, and it was all about uh, don't, you know, because the word, you know, should is in shoulders, and don't, you know, always say, oh, I should do this, oh, I shouldn't do that, or, you know, let those things go and do what you want to do and do what makes you happy and what what is really, you know, important. Um, What's on the horizon for you and your practice? Um, well, Lucy, of the last several years, I've been delving deeper into yoga therapy, which um, using what, what it is is that you use yoga to address conditions like low back care or herniated discs or scoliosis or people that have had surgery or accidents or various conditions. And um, it's really been a wonderful experience for me and also I think for the people that I've been working with. And um, I'm going to continue expanding in that and in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be attending a yoga therapy conference um, at the Kropala Center for Yoga and Health in Lenox, Massachusetts. And then from that, I'm going to um, start holding some workshops and related to very specific concerns of the body and continue in that line. I just find it really interesting. Um, yoga therapy has been great for my own body and my own back and um I feel like I'd really like to share that with people. I see how transformative that is. And um, given what's happening in our medical community, um, there's a lot more fusion of East and West, and it's people are interested in that. And um, it's you know it speaks to me, and I see that it's moving towards that. So I'm I'm riding that roller coaster. <laughs> that's great. And you know, it, 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 I think isn't didn't you tell me that that's how your the name of your company Yoga West came about because you wanted to fuse the east eastern style with the western beliefs that's exactly it you know yoga is i have some i know a lot of very traditional yoga postures yoga philosophies and um, i'm coupling that the west part of that is that in the west we have a very um doable sense of of in of moving through our lives a very practical sense something that's very that you can incorporate into your life and that's important to me. It's all right to have traditions, but if they're not um, integrated into the present, then they, they're not as useful. You know, it's the same underlying core beliefs and studies, just updated for our modern ears and our modern lifestyle. Well, you know, this has been wonderful, Kim. Thank you very much. And listeners, to learn more or to contact Kim, you can go to www.yogawestnj, the letters NJ. Uh, so it's yogawestnj.com. Thank you, Kim. I think you've just helped others see a way that this ancient practice can be integrated into today's busy lifestyle. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, Lucy. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you. Oh, good. Thank you. And listeners, I understand that every minute counts, and we hope our radio shows and lifestyle information at herewearewithlucy.com help to make your life better brighter and easier and no matter the topic of the radio shows or our articles we want you to come away with valuable information that you can implement into your busy life because here we are together on this journey so let's live it well i'm lucy weston and i thank you so much for sharing your time with us today on the here we are talk show and i'll see you next time (laughs) 